Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this special episode uh, concentrating on the playoff final between Aston Villa and Fulham. Uh, this is the Championship Roundtable podcast. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Championship Pod. Um, and obviously, we've got our guest today uh, representing Fulham is Russ. If you'd just like to introduce yourself, Russ. Hi, I'm Russ Goldman. I am the host of Cottage Talk, a podcast all about Fulham. And you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at Russ underscore Goldman or also at the uh, Twitter account for the show, just simply Cottage Talk. And you can listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com, TuneIn app. There are many places you can listen to Cottage Talk. I also posted it at cottagersconfidential.sbnation.com. Well, there's only one thing really to talk about. And like I say, it's What's the playoff. That? <laughs> exactly, yeah. The the £120 million game, um, you know. Between Aston Villa and Fulham, I mean, what a spectacle. Everyone's looking forward to it. I know you're travelling out here, Russ, uh, from yep. the States uh, to Wembley. Ahead of the game, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, th- th- one question I'm going to ask you initially. Sure. I've been looking at Fulham are slight favourites for this fixture. Is that a fair reflection or is it literally a 50-50 contest, you know, 90 minutes at Wembley? Well, it's the one match for all the money you just mentioned to get back to the Premier League. The teams are fairly even, but if you look over the course of the season, Fulham were third and Aston Villa were fourth. So I think Fulham deserve to be the slight favorites, but it's pretty close. The yeah. teams match up fairly well. I actually liked the matchup. I, I was not looking forward to a matchup with Middlesbrough because I thought that was a matchup that favored them a little bit more because of uh, the way they play and, and some of the players they have. I like this matchup. It's two teams that are going to be going against each other. They're going to go at it. And uh, I talked to uh, a podcaster that covers uh, Aston Villa, and the way I said it to him, Louie, and I'll say it here as well, I think this is going to come down to the team that makes the least mistakes and capitalizes on the other mistakes by the other team. It's that close. It could come yeah. down to just a, a simple mistake from one team could be the difference in this match. And that's the way I'm looking at it because both teams have that ability to do that, to take advantage of any chance they get. And uh, Fulham certainly do, and Aston Villa can do the same thing. Uh, so that's why this match is fairly even, but I see why Fulham are given the advantage you know, it's not about how we play football. It's, it's over the course of the season and that long unbeaten streak. I mean, we deserve to be the slight favorites because we've shown several ways to win matches. That's what that unbeaten streak showed. Yeah. And uh, again, that's why I, I can see why we're getting the nod there. But Aston Villa have earned their way as well. And that's what I, I said to this uh, podcaster that, 
both teams deserve to be there, and whoever plays best and takes advantage of the other team wins and goes up to the Premier League. That's the way I'm seeing it, Louis. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, both teams for the first time in a few years now, Fulham and Aston Villa, they, they both to, deserve to be in the final, you know, finishing yes. third and fourth in, in the league. And they're both uh, worthy of being in the Premier League. And, and if I'm completely honest, I can't call this fixture. To me, like, I've, like I mentioned in, in the question, it, it is a 50-50 contest, con, uh, contest, 90 minutes at Wembley. You know, it can literally go either way. If you're going to ask me, uh, if, if I were to say both teams came out on Saturday and they were both at the top of their game, I would expect Fulham to win. I think they'd have the advantage if they were on top of the game. And That's Villa the way were. I'm seeing it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, and it, but however, if it comes out and it's a bit of a scrappy game and both teams are relying on defences, that's possibly where I see Villa scraping it. So it's it's going to be, you know, after 20, 30 minutes of this fixture, you're probably going to get a good indicator to who is, you know, um, going to come out on top of this fixture, basically. Um, Louis, but, it, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. It's funny you say 20 to 30 minutes because I've, said this on Cottage Talk already, and I'll just reiterate it here. For Fulham, I have already said they need to settle within these 20 minutes. To If mm. they are even or ahead after 20 minutes, they're going to be in good shape. But I think they need to withstand any pressure that they get in those opening stages because if I'm looking at the two teams, you have all the experience because I've heard all the, all the discussions about Aston Villa has all the experience. Fulham, uh, unfortunately, tend to start a little bit slow, and they work their way into the match. And yeah. if they can withstand those first 20 to 30 minutes, like you mentioned, they're going to be in good shape. But it will take them a little bit to get into it. And that's my fear, is that Aston Villa will get the early goal and things change. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's vital for Fulham to be either even or ahead in those opening stages. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I expect, however the game pans out, I expect Fulham to have quite a lot of the ball in Villa's half. It's just like we said, you know, if if Fulham can take advantage in, in those in those areas and, right. and have more shots on goal, that's when I expect Fulham to win. But like I said, if it does become a tight-fisted affair and, you know, you get to 60 minutes and it's still nil-nil, then maybe Villa become favourites, um, if that makes sense. But no, it does. Another, Another question I've got for you, obviously, not only, you know, you've got 11 players on the pitch from either side, but the managerial battle, you know, Bruce has got, obviously, more experience in the English game and, you know, in playoffs and the final over Jukanovic, um, you would say, obviously, most recently going up with Hull City. Does, does that play a part in this fixture, Russ, to you? It's interesting because uh, I know all the experience that Bruce has. He's been there before, so that's a factor in this, but... Slavisa is no slouch, and Slavisa, I've seen uh, quotes from his presser. I, I feel his confidence that he's ready, he's prepared, he knows how he believes Aston Villa are going to play. So that tells me he's set his team up knowing what to expect. So I'm not feeling going into this that Bruce has an advantage. I don't think Jokanovic uh, has an advantage. I just think that both teams are going to be set up with game plans, and it's really going to come down to the players. So I don't see an advantage for Bruce, except yeah. I understand why people are, are looking at the advantage that he has with experience. But again, this goes back to this whole 20 to 30 minute situation. 
if the teams are fairly even at that point, then then the teams settle down, and then of course the game plan then sets its stage, and then you see how Fulham are are, are getting into it. And and the one thing that I I want to mention because you talked about you could see how Aston Villa could get the advantage after 60 minutes. That I could see that too, but I could also see Fulham pulling off a a victory at the end because what they do, Louie, and this is to Fulham's advantage, is the way they play with with the possession-based football, it does wear teams down. So I Mm -hmm. I see where you're going on that, but I also see Fulham scoring late goals. They've done it before, and then you'll see even more possession, and you'll see gaps opening up. So I could see why you went with Villa potentially having some advantage late in the match, but I could also see where Fulham could do it as well. Of course, yeah. I mean, it is it is literally that tight, you know. I it mean, is. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm making predictions here, but you know, I'll be completely wrong, and I, 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 I can't predict uh, this fixture. Um, I mean, it's you know, I'm, I know we're not talking about the Champions League, but it's similar to the Real Madrid Liverpool fixture on Saturday. Also, I just simply can't call it. It's fifty fifty in my eyes. Right. However, this game. If I'm honest, the way that I've looked at it, if I'm picking out key players, I've put down that I believe Villa can win this game defensively if Chester and Terry yep. have fantastic games. But then totally I also, agree. on the other hand, I believe where Fulham can win this game is in attack through such as Mitrovic and Sessignon. Would you agree or is the other key players that you'd like to pick out for obviously this this tie? Well, I think you nailed the key players for uh, Aston Villa. Uh, I think it's going to come down to how Terry play and uh, Chester play against uh, Mitrovic. That's one key. That's one key area. It's very interesting that you bring up Sessignon. He He's always a factor in this match. But as I said with this other podcaster, I think this match is going to be won or lost in central midfield. I think it's going to come down to their midfield yeah. three versus Fulham's midfield three. And they have a good three, along with Fulham having a good three. So whoever can win that, if Grealish is able to take control of the match with some of his passing, well, that would be advantage more to uh, to Aston Villa. But uh, the flip side is, can Kearney control the match for Fulham? Can Kevin McDonald uh, protect the back four? Can he also help moving forward? Can Stefan Johansson be a, be a help moving forward as well? And they obviously have Horahan and potentially Yidnak or Whalen. Um, my friend, the podcaster for Astonville, wasn't sure which way that they would go, but they have options there. But I think it's going to be one in central midfield. It's going to be who's going to control the match. And also, where a mistake could happen, Louis, that could start uh, an opportunity for, for either team. So that's why I'm going in central midfield. But I, I'll also look at the matchup with Mitrovic versus the two center backs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we all know that Mitrovic is on fire, but then like we've like we've just touched on Chester and Terry, you know, they're going to be yep. key in this fixture. Can can you see not many people have talked about this because I think they expect this tie to be full of goals, but can you see this potentially going to extra time or penalties, oh. you know? I mean, I, I know you probably don't You're want to talk about that. You're making me sick already uh, just thinking know, about it. I know, it. but I'm I'm basing this on obviously last year with Huddersfield and Reading. Um <laughs> And, you know, we've not had any pe- penalty shootouts in, in the playoffs this year yep. yet. Could could you see this being, you know, a 2-2 after extra time and penalties, uh, maybe? Oh, boy. And uh, I'll, I'll go back to James Rushton from the Holocaust. He, he's the podcaster I've been talking about. Great podcast, by the way. He predicted 
Rui, 2-2 going to, through extra time, going to penalties. And mm-hmm. I will say this again, what I said to him, and I've said on another episode of Cottage Talk, if it gets to that point, I will have both hands on my face and I won't be able to watch that. Uh, I, yeah. I won't be able to stomach that. Can I see it happening? Absolutely. I can see it happening for the reasons we're talking about. The teams are very even and they could really just neutralize each other. We could have a situation like that. So it could come down to that. And uh, that's not something I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't want it to come down to that. I've, I personally would like to see a team win it. And uh, that is what I hope, but I could definitely see your scenario. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of people could see both teams scoring two goals. I believe yes. that Fulham have scored two goals in the last 11 of their 13, uh, 11 fixtures out of the last 13. They've scored yeah. two goals or more. Um, so that's, you know, from a Fulham's point of view, yes, they are full of goals. Um, but, you know, worst case scenario in, from from either side, Russ, what happens to such as Aston Villa or Fulham if they don't go up this season? You know, th- there's got to be a loser on Saturday. Sure. D- do, you know, a, f- a Fulham in a stable position to again kick on next season? Or And, and, and same question with Aston Villa. How do you see yeah. that, you know, panning out also? I'll put it to you this way. Uh, this is just my opinion. I think it's worse for Aston Villa if yep. they don't be Fulham. That's my feeling because uh, I think that they've invested a great deal with experienced players. And uh, if they do not go up, I think they're, they could have more issues than Fulham. I, I think Fulham w- would definitely have issues. And I think they would, they would have serious decisions to make. We were talking about it on Cottage Talk. There will be changes if they do not win. But again, the way that, that uh, we were talking about it on the show is that – yeah, worst case scenario, they don't go up. You know that someone significant is going to leave, potentially a few. Uh, but in the, but it's not like they're going to be in a relegation scrap next year. They probably will still have a situation where, where they can contend, and potentially for automatic promotion. That that'll be based on um, the moves that are made, financially. Uh, mm-hmm. what type of money they get for these players. Uh, you know, I, yeah. listen, the players we're talking about are, are Sassanian and Kearney mostly. 
And uh, whichever one or both it is, you're talking about significant amount of money. So I think that they will be okay. But yes, um, major changes will happen and it'll, and it'll come down to what they do with that money. If that's the worst case scenario, hopefully Jokanovic would stay, see the project through getting back to the Premier League. I'm trying not to think about that. People have asked me, well, how do you feel about this? And I, and I said, I'll worry about that after the match. But it's yeah, a fair yeah. question. Yeah. What happens to Fulham? And um, not going to lie, there, there would be huge changes. I, I, I think it would be very difficult to hold on to both Sessegnon and Kearney. One definitely would have to go. And if it's me, if I had to choose, it would be Kearney. And I would do okay. whatever I could to hold on to Sessegnon because you get a decent amount of money for Kearney. You don't have the parachute payments anymore, but I think if you got a decent amount for him, I think that could offset that. And then you have other players that that would potentially be going in. And listen, Fulham have many players that that they uh, brought in on loan. So it would virtually be a you know again a new team. But that happens every season. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if that's the scenario. I hope it doesn't happen because the flip side, we were talking about it on the show as well. Well, we, if they go up, there's going to be major changes as well. They're going to have well, to invest you, you know, heavily. You know what, Will? That's, that is my next question. Let's let's flip this question yeah. to if Fulham go up or Villa go up. You know what? What do you expect from both of those teams over the summer and then and then going into, into spend next heavily? Season? I think yeah. both. I think in either situation, they're going to spend heavily because I don't think either one wants to be in a situation. You know, that same Middlesbrough were in just a, a few seasons ago. I think they're going to want to try to give themselves the best possible opportunity to succeed in the uh, Premier League. And listen, I, I just read uh, an article that, you know, again, it was all from uh, Shai Khan. And he's talking about that, you know, t- talking about, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but if they get to the Premier League, they're not looking just to be in the Premier League, will we? I, I expect yeah. them to be aggressive. And uh, the first two players I go after are players on loan. I, I would, I'd spend a good amount of money on trying to sign Mitrovic and bring and bring in Matt Target from Southampton. These are two players that are on loan. That's where I start. But you need other reinforcements, you know. And uh, Mike Gregg on on uh, Cottage Talk said six to seven players. That's the amount you're looking at. There's going to be huge changeover. Whether Fulham win or lose this match, it's just going to matter which division they're in and the situation that they're under. But the way Fulham are, you know, and again, this will go back to to ownership. I think Fulham are in very good shape with their owner, obviously has a lot of money and financial fair play will play a role in this. That's why I feel that obviously uh, a major player would have to go if they do not go up. But I think that they're prepared for both scenarios. I, I do. And I don't think that if they don't go up, that they're just going to throw their arms up and say, you know what, we gave it a shot. We're not going to try again. I, I, th- I think they're going to try again. Uh, but it, it, it'll certainly be a different looking team. And they're going to have to be creative with how they do it. But they've been creative these last two seasons, Louie. And, and uh, it, it starts there. It starts with ownership. Yeah, they have to invest the right way, whether they're in the championship or the Premier League. That goes for Aston Villa, too. They have mm-hmm. to make sure that they have set themselves up well. And again, when I look at the two teams and I look at the experienced players that Aston Villa brought in, I think they have decisions to make if they do not get into the Premier League. If they 
if they're still in the championship. I think Fulham are – I'm not not better prepared. I just think that, that they're in a better situation, if that makes any sense, between the two teams. Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. And, and you've hit the nail on the head whether either team – stay in the championship or, or go up into the Premier League, I think, you know, they do need to make six or seven changes there. And, yes. and if, you know, I'm praying for you, Russ, if Fulham go up and, you know, <laughs> t- Target and Mitrovic would be a great baseline to bring yes. such those players in and then add, add, add five or six more. And, you know, it's, it's good that I suppose both teams are, like I said at the beginning of, of this show, that both teams would be worthy Premier League teams because they would, go up and spend money you know you would expect Villa and Fulham to they're not a team that you would expect to probably come back down next season they you mean may, like Cardiff you, City exactly yes <laughs> I mean if you talk about Cardiff I if if they finish uh, 17th next season then that is you know <laughs> exceeding my expectations yeah. but Fulham and Villa you know the, the bigger clubs you know they've got more infrastructure, they've got the money to spend. I'd ex, you know, if, if either team finished 15th next season, then that would be a success and sure. something to build upon over the, the next five years. But, Russ, I hate to do this, but score predictions. Um, are you going to give me one? And what are your thoughts? Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to give you a score prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be two to one. Both teams are going to score. But I'm going to say, Fulham, I'm going to pull this out and they're going to win two to one. I'm going to say that they're going to score first. There'll be an equalizer from Aston Villa. And then uh, we're going to get a late goal, say, uh, around the 70th or 70th or 80th minute uh, because uh, we have a knack for scoring late. I think Fulham are going to pull this out. And this all goes back to our discussion in the beginning, Louis, when we're talking about if both teams play to their maximum capacity, Fulham are the better team. That's just the way I'm looking at it. I'm not saying there's this huge gap. I think that if they play to their level, I agree. They should, they should win this. That's why I'm going to go with with them. But it's not going to be a shock if they lose this because it is very even. You know what? Um, you've kind of mirrored exactly what I've wrote down. So I've put a prediction, not in too much detail like yourself, but I've put it's going to be two to one. However, I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, okay. You know, I'm, I'm on the fence there a little bit, and I know I'm a neutral. I can see there being goals. I think if there was going to be a team to win two to one, it would be Fulham. I think, like we've just touched upon, if they play to their full potential, I can't see anything other than a Fulham victory here. Um, however, if they don't, then this is where Villa can obviously scrape this victory. Also, sure. um, I mean, I'd, you know, I know we're, we're concentrating on the game on Saturday, but. All from experience when I went to Wembley two years ago as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, it was an absolutely fantastic day. So it's something obviously for you to look forward to, Russ. And everything was perfect Thank except you, the result. Sure. <laughs> um, and and the most frustrating thing for me was I came away from Wembley knowing that Sheffield Wednesday did not give a hundred and ten percent, and they were far from the best. And I just hope to God that your sake and even yeah. either team like if, if Villa and Fulham come out and give 110% and both sets of fans can walk away whether you know triumphant or not then what a fantastic you know contest we've got ahead of ahead of uh, us you know absolutely uh, totally so, listen one final thing I, I want to say is because I said this about the championship on my show that I think these are the two teams that should be here and they are good 
I guess you say ambassadors for the for the championship because yeah. these these teams it should not be a match like last season. It shouldn't be. Hopefully it's not going to be like Huddersfield Town and Reading. Let's hope it's not that. Uh, I just think it's, these two teams are the right teams to be at Wembley, and I think uh, it's going to be a show. That's the way I'm looking at it, and I hope my team ends on top. Yeah, I mean, we, we will see, and I'll be obviously watching the game also, and I will be nervous for you, Russ. Um, <laughs> but you won't be the only one. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, uh, we're out of time. So um, if you just want to let everyone know, Russ, where they can find you. Sure, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman, and also at the show's Twitter account, Cottage Talk, and you can listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com, on the TuneIn app, on the Stitcher app, uh, also on Spreaker, you can listen there, and uh, of course, I posted on cottagesconfidential.espionation.com, there are plenty of places to listen to the show, uh, I've now done two episodes, hopefully I'm going to be doing one more to preview this uh, final. And uh, what's interesting is I mentioned this during the show. I spoke to uh, James Rushton, who is a podcaster covering Aston Villa for the whole cast. And uh, it's a very interesting episode. And I would uh, recommend uh, anyone wanting an Aston Villa perspective on this match, check out Cottage Talk's View from the Opposition. It's a very interesting episode. He has some interesting things to share. And I would highly recommend listening to it. Thank you, Russ. Uh, and I've been your host. My name is Louis Shackshaft. I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I've been obviously uh, a neutral on this podcast and on this show. Um, but if you want to check out my work, you can visit my Twitter handle at Louis Shackshaft or louisshackshaft.com, where I write lots of articles, uh, blogging. I've uh, got a few interviews on uh, um, Sheffield Wednesday statistics. Uh, obviously, with the playoff final, uh, this will probably be the final show of the regular season but we will still continue to podcast throughout, you know, the World Cup and as transfers uh, speculate um, over the course of the new season commencing. Um, so you can keep checking us out, checking out all our podcasts on our Twitter page, which is at Championship Pod. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.